Hello, how are you doing? We are back. It's a new year, 2023, January, and we are going to be looking at Margaret Young's The Collected Poems, edited by Phil Bevis, Joshua Roths, and Jacob Seifring. Seifring, sorry if I mispronounced the name there. As you'll know from any listening to any of my previous episodes, I mispronounce names a lot. And I'm actually really sorry about that. Um, names are important, and I should be getting them right, and I do not. And I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, Margaret Young Collected Poems was published in 2022. Um, I think I received it. The publication was a little delayed. They were having problems with the printing, but um, I eventually, I had pre-ordered and I think I eventually got my copy in October of that year. And since I finished up with Miss McIntosh, My Darling, and to all my darlings, I decided to go ahead and move to the poems. I do have a copy of Prismatic Ground and Moderate Fable, but this is supposed to have uh, all of the poems. Um... A lot of them that were the that weren't published or were published, you know, scattered throughout and um, have been collected in this one volume. So, and um, oh, so I did. I uh, Margaret Young's papers are at the Yale Library in Connecticut, and um, there was something that that caught my eye on the dedication. The Margaret Young was still alive when they um, was putting were putting together this volume. I think she died a couple years later, but she was still alive and involved in getting this edition published. So let me go ahead and read the... We're just going to do an introduction today to get us started, wet our whistle. Um, and then I'm still um, deciding how I will be doing, if I'll do a some of the poems are short. I don't think anything's too long. Um, there's not like any epic poems just thumbing through this that I can see. Um, but I do want to do a little bit better job of actually reading the poetry. So I'm kind of practicing it before I <laughs> get, get going. Yeah, so I haven't decided yet whether I'll just read one and go with that or maybe put a couple together they are grouped together i'm not sure how but they are grouped together so i'll decide that as i go along so the editor's preface when this project began in 1987 all of marguerite young's work was out of print which was absurd given her stature among her peers and the reputation of her landmark novel miss mcintosh my darling after an introduction to Marguerite through our mutual friend, the bibliographer Martha Sattler, a plan took shape for me to bring her entire body of work back into print through Arundel Press. I was surprised when we began to discuss the order of the project that Marguerite wanted to start with her poetry, which struck me as odd as she had seemingly abandoned poetry in the mid-1940s. But as I was to learn the course of working closely with Marguerite, she never stopped identifying as a poet. She began her career publishing two highly regarded collections of poetry, Prismatic Ground and Moderate Fable, the latter of which won a number of prestigious awards, including being named Poetry Book of the Year by the National Academy of Arts and Letters before turning to prose. During the course of our work, however, Marguerite made it very clear that she saw her prose as a logical progression of her poetry. 
Famously, she began her third book, Angel in the Forest, a prose epic which explores two 19th century utopias, the Rapites and the Owenites, in New Harmony, Indiana, as a collection of blank verse ballads before she stumbled into prose almost reluctantly upon concluding that the form was inadequate for the inclusion of dry factual data and statistics. The imagery of Marguerite Young's prose poems, not only the history of the mysteries attending the utopian communities, but the images in her mammoth novel, Miss Macintosh, My Darling, used, as she related me, I think related to me, building stones which are the atoms of metaphor. As may be seen, her prose contains immeasurable tonages of metaphors coming from her having never abandoned lyric poetry. Rather, she extends it in an architectural and musical sense. Miss Macintosh, My Darling, nearly 1,200 pages, and thus a little more than three times as long as Angel in the Forest, required 18 years in the writing and was first published in 1965. As had Angel in the Forest, which received great praise from Mark Van Doren, Robert Penn Warren, Sally Benson, Miss Macintosh, My Darling, received lauds from numerous critics, including Richard Elman, William Goyan, Catherine Ann Porter, and has been likened through the years to Cervantes, Stern, Tolstoy, James Joyce, and Proust. This is due as much to the sustained denseness of the text as it is to the marathon method of composition and imagery accompanied by themes and counter-themes and inclusion of many forms of narration within a single work. Yet Margaret Young must be considered significant not only as a writer in her own right, but as a teacher whose influence, acknowledged or not, was a significant force in 20th century American letters. It is in her lyric work that she considered all that she would become as a writer to have been prophesied. If one is to grant her later work as a prose poet the value that is generally accorded, this collection of lyric work is the wellspring. And to imply that her work in the lyric form has merit only insofar as it illuminates her later work would be a significant error, for in fact it deserves attention and study in its own right. Margaret Young's lyric work, much collected here for the first time, represents at its best a mature poet at the peak of her talents whose career was cut short not by tragedy, but rather by her transition to another genre, to the poetry of prose which she calls the epic of modernity. Strong and natural themes, her best poems carry an often transcendent stillness that recalls the best of imagism. A common young poet she was then, one finds an unaffected and mature texture, a poet confident in her mastery of the language and able to leave the reader alone on the page with a poem uncluttered by artifice or distraction. Marguerite was warm and unassuming and in so many ways delightful to work with. She was thrilled the idea of having all her poems together in one book, although she was almost 80. She would recite from memory poems written as far back as age nine and talked about her individual poems as treasured friends or the angels she so famously collected which is why it came as such a shock when in 1990, as the complete book was about was to go to press, more poems were discovered, casting doubt on the comprehensiveness of what was intended to be the definitive collection. This occasioned a frantic search in 1990 for the missing poems, which at the time seemed unsuccessful, but has proved in the end to have been essentially complete. With the uncertainty about this missing group of poems, the project was put on hold. I love her poetry and for over 30 years have been intending to finish the project. I just put it on Chatwin's project list for the current year when serendipity intervened. And in one of our earliest conversations, Joshua Roth mentioned to me that he and Jacob Seifring, his co-editor for the Empyrean series imprint, have been considering a similar volume for Subluminary. Our decision to collaborate has been fortunate. Josh's, Josh's energy, thoroughness and research and clear thinking approach to the editorial process have made this a book I know Marguerite would love. 
that it is coming at a t- out at a time when her novels are also coming back into print would bring a sparkle to her eye. She had a wonderful sense of humor and a warm laugh, and I know she would find it funny that, that I actually had located almost all the missing work in that first frantic search in 1990, and although I thought I was midway through the race, I was actually mere steps from the end. Through 35 years, though 35 years have passed since this project first began in our 75 years, ugh, Though 35 years have passed since this project first began and over 75 years since the publication of the most recent of these poems, many seem as fresh and unfettered by the passage of time as the natural forces whose actions they chronicle. This is a testament to to Marguerite, a force of nature in her own right, the ethereal gust at our backs, pushing us across the finish line. Phil Bevis, 2022. Marguerite Young wrote the introduction to what she thought was going to be published back in 1990. I believe that everything is prophetic in writing, that we foresee our future in our writing. Prismatic ground and moderate fable pointed to what I would become, and there I now see the whole structure of my writing about which I may not have been wholly conscious at the time. This is true of my earliest childhood poems, the last poem of the second volume, as well as the many unpublished poems or poems published in little magazines, which I had in some cases forgotten, and are like lost sheep which have been gathered together. Without the spade digging me up from that well might have been my obscure grave like that of a neglected Lazarus. I might never again have been brought out of the shadows into the light like a Lazarus, a Lazarus laughing, may I add. I note that Debs himself used to speak of the Lazarus flowers of socialism in its utopian sense, as did, if I remember correctly, Dostoevsky and Tolstoy, both of great influence upon all my mature work, and particularly that of the present. People who look at these revived poems may find keys to the understanding of all my life's work, but I certainly do agree that the poems must also stand on their own merit. What has been drawn to a single orbit are all the lyrics suggesting, even if in a nymph state, that would be that what would be their flowering in my future works. For example, the poem relating the dialogue of Bishop Berkeley of Cloyne with the severed head of John the Baptist contains the future opium lady of Miss Mackintosh, my darling. Poetry is the purest art. For the poems, I would like for my audience to be poets, of whom there are so many in America, poetry being, it seems to me, our greatest art form. As also, there are poets who excel in the art of prose forms and their many ramifications, which are like those of some great tree hung with thousands and thousands of harps. Angel in the Forest was first written as a series of about 60 lyric ballads, a form which proved inadequate for the inclusion of facts and figures, and which I then rewrote as a long pseudo-Miltonic blank verse poem, which also proved inadequate. I stumbled into prose almost reluctantly and without full consciousness of the beauty and power of the vehicle to which I would dedicate so many years of my life, both in the gargantuan prose epic of modern, modern, modernity, Miss Macintosh, My Darling, and the presently forthcoming volumes of the Debs Trilogy and the biography of James Whitcomb Riley in various novellas not included in formal works. I think that the lyric poem is the divine jewel of poetry and that there are people who by nature are absolutely happy with the lyric. There are also many fine lyric poets extending their metaphors into the limitless possibilities of the poetry of prose. I urge all my students to practice what I call drag, not sentences. Those picking up all perceptions and all metaphors, or almost all, after the manner of numerous great masters in the realm of prose. 
and thus perhaps I predicted my own fate as the fisherman who went out with a net to catch minnows and caught a whale, and so I dragged in whatever came. It takes a long time to develop one's gifts as a writer, and that which pleases me is that I, in my old age, as I approach my grave, into which I hope I will not fall soon, is into that great abyss which awaits all of us in quest of beauty and truth, and at the very height of my consciousness, which is still in the process of awakening. Art of this kind of timelessness exists not in objective time alone, but in the subjectivity of time, and it is a wonderful thing for me to see the faces of my students as they awaken to their first sense of power, which comes not from excluding, but including without undue censorship the riches of their perceptions, which may make out of this world something very old and very new. Marguerite Young, 1989. A note on the text. When this volume was first in preparation in the late 1980s, Marguerite Young dictated two poems from memory for inclusion. These poems, I heard a bird, written at the age of nine, and Little Fawn, undated, laid off the collection as Marguerite would have wanted in the middle years section, representing her body of work between her two collections, we have also opted to include several unpublished poems taken from Marguerite Young papers at the Benecki Rare Book and Master's Manuscript Library at Yale University. After reviewing nearly 400 pages of typed and handwritten drafts and sketches, we singled these out as expressing clear singular ideas as opposed to the drafts you will find in the appendix, which frequently contain lines and motifs that would ultimately appear in polished form and moderate fable. We felt these works were important in showing Marguerite's poetic development between the two collections. In the ordering of this volume, we have opted to keep the two books together, as Marguerite believed these to be cohesive statements in their own right. The other three sections are ordered chronologically. Curious readers may consult the magazine and anthology publication history on page 187 for a more precise order of the appearance of the poems in this volume. So that's how it's organized. How I'm going to read them is another uh, matter. So I'm definitely not, it's not like I'm going to read all the poems at once. So I think for the shorter ones, you know, maybe I'll do three at a time. And then with the longer ones, I'll just do one. So these will be very short episodes. But I kind of wanted to do that in 2023 and take a break from the really long ones. So, what has me very intrigued and interesting, inter uh, interested in, is the dedication. So, the dedication to this Margaret Young the Collected Poems, published in 2022, it was actually thought they thought it was going to be published in 1990. So, the dedication by Margaret Young for this volume that we didn't get until 2022, this volume is dedicated with all my love to Marilyn Morgan psychoanalyst in realms of aesthetics who knows best and from the beginning my journey of search for lost utopias and is my darling of the rose. So I was very intrigued in who this Marilyn Morgan is. I've never heard her mentioned before. So I did ask the library to see if um, they have correspondence with the letter M and I've asked them if I could have, I can only get 10, 10 folders digitally copied. It takes about three to four weeks. Um, I requested it in December, but with the holidays and, and um, uh, college winter break, things like that, I have no idea uh, when it will get here. It might not get here until February. But um, I'm hoping that I can find some correspondence between Marguerite Young and Marilyn Morgan, since it seems like she was so important and and according to this dedication, she was there from the beginning. 
through Lost Utopias, through uh, Miss Macintosh, My Darling, My Darling of the Rose. Um, so I'm very interested to find out who is this Marilyn Morgan. I have no idea. Um, no, like I said, never heard of her name before, not mentioned in any interviews or reviews that I can think of. Um, this is the first that I've heard mention this name. So I'll see, and I will try and track down and see if I can find some more information on this person. Um, the next dedication is Prismatic Ground, was dedicated to Alice Bidwell Wessenberg. Alice Wessenberg, she mentioned her in an interview. Um, that was a family that she that had helped her. Uh, same with Moderate Fable, was dedicated in memory of Mina Weissenbach. Weissenbach was another one that I think she stayed with in May have been the family it was a family she stayed with when she was at the University of Chicago I believe anyways that name I also recognize from an interview um, so like I said the only one I can't don't recognize at all is Marilyn Morgan so I am looking and seeing if I can find something all right that is the introduction to this collected poems going to slip in my bookmark and we will be back thanks for listening bye